Hi ladies, how are you going? Welcome to this week's episode of the Women in English podcast. Today, the theme of our podcast is quality over quantity, which in my opinion is such a key concept when you are looking at learning English and really trying to build a healthy English routine. So we're going to be having a chat about that. But before we do go ahead and get started, I wanted to take a few minutes to recognize some achievements that we have had in our community. Now, I know a lot of you out there are desperately preparing for job interviews and presentations in English and It is a stressful process and that's why I find it really important to talk about the women that are pretty much just like you who have been doing it and have had some success. So today I want to congratulate Laisa and Novella who just recently landed a new job that they were working really, really hard for and I'm so, so proud that they've been able to do it. So congratulations, girls. We're very happy for you. Now, this week in Women in English has been quite a busy week. We have the launch of the Women in English podcast, as you can hear, which has been something that is so exciting to get ready and prepare. And we also have the launch of, well, the relaunch of our Women in English YouTube channel. So for those of you who are involved in the community and you're interested, you'll be able to go over there and also watch some English lessons regarding IELTS preparation, job interview preparation, vocabulary, confidence, all the things that you know that I really love to talk about. So ladies, it is time to have a look at this week's blog article. Now, as I told you, we are talking about the theme of quality versus quantity. And when I thought about this, I immediately thought of the blog article written by Chica for the Women in English blog. And I thought, wow, this is a perfect addition for this podcast. And I know that you are really going to enjoy listening to it. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. This is also great listening practice for you girls. And then we're going to have a little bit of a chat. So the title of this podcast is The Beauty of Wabi Sabi. Have you heard of the word Wabi Sabi? It's a Japanese word. Wabi Sabi means very simple and plain. Sabi means old and used but clean. Tea House is one of the buildings that have Wabi Sabi. There is no furniture except an iron tea ceremony pot in the room, which is very simple. It looks old, but super clean and organized. During the tea ceremony, you just concentrate on drinking green tea, which a master takes time making politely for you and enjoy the atmosphere. Nobody talks while the master is making tea. You just hear the sounds of the pouring of water and storing of the tea. Sometimes you hear the sounds of nature, such as the winds, birds and insects. 
It's super calm and comfortable. It feels so good, even kind of luxurious. Today, people tend to seek new conveniences and therefore complicate everything. The more convenient items you have, the more things you have to care about. It seems to be helpful, but on the other hand, it seems to also be stressful. There are a lot of choices when you want to buy something. It's nice to purchase something mindlessly. And because of this, we buy all kinds of things, even when we don't need them. Subsequently, we get bored easily. Don't you think so? Have a look around you. You can see a lot of stuff around you, right? Are they things that you really need? I'm ashamed that I possess a bunch of unnecessary items. If we stopped seeking such things, we would feel happier and be satisfied easily. The more simple your house is, the easier it will be to clean and organize it. The longer you use your things, the more you come to love them, even if they get old. It's time to do spring cleaning. It's nice to clean out your house and declutter it. Through this, you are able to feel the beauty of simplicity. So ladies, this was an article written by Chica and I hope that you did enjoy it as much as I did. If you are interested in reading the article, head over to the Women in English website and just, you know, select the blog section and you'll be able to go ahead, give it a read. You can give it a like and leave Chica a comment. It's really lovely to support one another when we are practicing and sharing English. Now, I really loved this article because I actually could relate to it a lot. I used to be a person that had, and I think that I still do, my husband <laughs> definitely will tell me so, but I have the tendency to overclutter at times and buy too many things that I don't need. And I remember it was about two years ago, we decided to go to Australia And in that process, obviously, you know, going to another country, we didn't have that much space in our luggage and we were forced to pretty much get rid of everything we had. We were also selling our house at the time. So <laughs> all of our belongings needed to fit in one suitcase. And I remember it was such a liberating experience Although it was quite difficult in the beginning because, as Chica was saying, you know, it's very convenient for us to buy many things and it makes us feel comfortable. So it can be quite confronting when you have to let go of those things. But after some time, it was actually very liberating. And I started to realize that, oh, I don't need 10 pairs of shoes and I don't need five t-shirts that are pretty much all of the same. And I started to break the connection. And, you know, like Chica was talking, you know, when we stop seeking these things, this sense of consumerism, this sense of looking outside of ourself for fulfillment and happier, 
we feel a lot happier and we feel a lot more satisfied. And I really did experience this. I no longer seeked, you know, buying a new pair of shoes in order to feel that feeling of satisfaction. And it really was something very, very interesting. And then even more recently, I, I watched um, a new television series, a few episodes of Mary Kondo. And I'm sure you girls know about this because I've done a few English lessons relating this. And it was, it, again, it was the same concept, the beauty of decluttering your life and taking a step back from things that surround you, things that have become so important because we've given them so much importance and realize, hey, you know, they don't own me. I don't need to have them in my life and, you know, giving thanks and being grateful for them and then letting them go if they're not necessary is something that is very beautiful and very spiritual. And it's, you know, a kind of practice that I know so many of you girls actually do because it's thanks to my beautiful lessons with you that I've learned these ideas because you've shared so much information with me. This is also something that makes me think about not just things that we buy or or things that we have in our house, but also mental things and you know particular ideas and images and concepts that we tend to accumulate over time. And it's almost like, you know, our mind is a garden and after a while we start to accumulate lots of flowers and lots of weeds and it's time to prune them and let them go the same way at times we need to let go of our possessions. So Chica, this was a very, very beautiful article that you sent in for the blog post. It was extremely thought provoking and I really hope that you ladies here listening enjoyed it as much as I did. Quality over quantity. Now, ladies, where does this idea fit in with you learning English? Well, I've been teaching English for quite a while, as you know, and there's this common trend that the more you study, the harder you study and the longer you study, the better you're going to be with your English. And I guess, you know, it's not our fault. I grew up learning this at school. It's how we were taught that, you know, study many, many hours and that's where you're going to see results similar to work. Work many, many hours and that's where you're going to see results and make more money. However, I want to talk to you today about the idea of quality over quantity, the quality of your studying. Because think about it, is your goal in English to study every day or is your goal in English to achieve what your original goal is? Obviously, it's to achieve what your goal is. So if you can do that in a more efficient and effective way that isn't stressful, that isn't time consuming and that stops you from you know, losing your motivation, wouldn't that be a better option? 
And this is something that I'm always talking to my students about. In fact, it is what the whole program of the 10-minute habit is based around. Because I see so many amazing students who come to me and say, Yes, Gaia, that's it. I'm so motivated. I, this year is my year. I am going to reach my English goals. I'm going to be successful and fluent in English. And I say, great, what's your plan? And they say, so we're going to book three lessons a week. I'm going to do four lessons a week. And I am always extremely apprehensive when I hear this particular response. Because I know that it is very easy to begin learning English in this way, full of motivation, full of inspiration. But I know that it's even easier to, after one, two, three, even you know, four weeks, slowly lose what we call motivation because you burn yourself out, because you set up a routine around your English that isn't sustainable. And, you know, the reason why I'm here talking to you about this, and I talked about it with so much passion, isn't honestly, it's not just because I see this in my students. It's because I see it in myself. (laughs) I, I struggle with this problem all the time, not in regards to obviously my English, to be honest, not in regards even to Italian, but in regards to how I organize my work life, I have the same tendencies. And I do have the tendency of, you know, being like a steam engine. Yes, that's it. We're going to do it. And, you know, after doing this many times, you start to build the awareness and understanding that this is not a sustainable approach. And, you know, I'm really passionate about talking to you about this, girls, because I know you know, how much damage this mindset of quantity over quality can have in regards to your English. So I want to present to you one one idea, one concept, something practical that you can actually, you know, internalize and start to implement in your daily English routine. And it's the idea of less is more, okay? Because When you are beginning to learn English, you're full of energy. So you may do, for example, one English lesson. Let's take a grammar lesson. We'll be super practical. You may do one grammar lesson. And after that, you're like, okay, that went really well. Look, I've got another 10 minutes that are free and I'm pretty energetic. I'm going to do another one. And, you know, we fall into this habit of just like slowly pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves. And this is the idea that I want to present to you is don't do this. When you're studying and when you're practicing English, do a little bit less. Finish your task with still a little bit of energy to do more. With the feeling in your stomach that, yeah, I finished, but... I could push myself a bit more. Keep that energy for the next day because it is more important that English remains an idea for you that is simple, that is effortless and that is enjoyable. And if you start pushing yourself to the side of quantity, you are going to do too much 
in a short amount of time and overexert yourself, which means you're going to push yourself too hard and therefore you're going to lose your motivation. And this is an idea that I'm really trying to teach in the 10-minute habit for you ladies because obviously it's a whole program focused around a 10-minute English habit that you do every single day. And so many of the women in the in the program I've noticed are, are struggling with the temptation to do two English lessons a day or three English lessons a day. And you know, it's very difficult to maintain the routine of just one English lesson. But like what I'm trying to explain to you here, it's going to mean that you are going to continue with your studies. English is in general not a quick fix in the sense it's it's not something that you you begin studying and then there's a very definite stop there's a very definite timeline it's extremely subjective and it evolves and changes over time where you are now with your English if you continue studying will be completely different after 6 months like one year, but even after five years. It's very rare that you reach a point where you can say, I've, I've got nothing left to learn. Because like anything in life, you always have something to learn. And if your goal is to improve your English, improve your fluency, improve you know, your confidence, you're looking at long-term goals sustainable goals that do not you know make you feel tired and stressed and not wanting to do your English so when we're looking at the idea of quality over quantity it is about dedicating each day a set period of time where you know that you're not disturbed you're fresh you're relaxed and you're organized in order to specifically concentrate on one task, which is learning your English, and then when you're finished, you're finished. Looking at the opposite is, you know, coming home from work and feeling like, oh, I'm hungry, but I have to study English. What shall I do? I'll do them together. You sit down on the couch, you've got the TV on, you've got your food with you, you're also trying to, you know, do a quick English lesson that you found on the internet, you're being interrupted and you continue this process maybe for one hour. Now, that's extremely stressful. It's also extremely relatable. It's a situation I find myself in all the time. But when you make the choice to be efficient and productive with your English and you want to use this concept of quality over quantity, well, that's where we're looking at changing such dynamics and changing such routines. So ladies, if as I'm talking to you, well, ranting on a little bit, but as I'm talking to you, you're thinking, yes, you know, that's me. I understand what I need to change. I want to try this. The first thing that I would suggest you to do is look at your routine and understand what is my free time? When do I feel most productive? 
When is it the easiest time for me to get something done? And what is it that I want to achieve through doing this? And then I want you to find a time every day. Ideally, it's the same time, but I get you. I know it can be impossible, but a specific time every single day that you dedicate, you make the intention to dedicate your English to that time, whether it's 15 minutes, whether it's half an hour, and you do one thing for your English every single day and continue that, remembering that it needs to be something that is easy, that once you finish, you still feel like you can do more. And this is how you're going to encompass this mindset of quality over quantity. Now, for those of you who are still not getting it or you're interested by it, but you feel like it's too difficult for you to do by yourself, again, there is the 10-minute habit. It's a great program. You are welcome to try it out for free for seven days to see if it feels like it's the right thing for you. And it is a program that is really setting this routine up for you. So you don't need to think about it. You just need to pretty much do what I say and follow exactly the guidelines. Alrighty, so now it is time for some questions. Now, this week in Women in English, I have honestly been asked questions just revolving pronunciation, accent, as well as online job interview etiquette. And I think that is because the majority of women in the community at the moment are facing job interview preparation. So I've chosen three questions that I was asked this week because I think that they could be extremely relatable for you girls and very helpful. So the first question that I was asked was, what type of body language should I have in an online interview? And does it change compared to a normal face-to-face interview? And to be honest, it was the first time I was asked this question. And I had to think a little bit about how I present myself when I am teaching online and the things that I had to learn. And to this answer, to this question, I actually had two answers. The first thing is that when you're having a job interview online, the camera tends to make you look a little bit slouched, meaning that when you are sitting down or standing up in front of a camera, it can make your back look a little bit curved. And this means that it doesn't look like you're necessarily sitting up straight, even if you are. It is only a slight variation. However, I find it important to know this because it could be that I'm sitting normally in front of my camera and then I see the recording and I think, oh, why am I slouching? I didn't know that I was doing that. So my first advice would be for an online job interview or any type of meeting you're doing online, pay particular attention to sitting up extra straight just because of the angle of the camera. The next piece of advice in regards to this question would be eye contact. Now, unfortunately, when you are having an online interview, you need to pay a little bit more attention to eye contact because when you are not looking at a person directly, they may think that you're being distracted by other notifications on your computer. So I really tried 
to get my students to avoid maybe looking to the side or looking up. And in order to maintain a direct eye contact, a little trick that I use is I minimize the the window, so the photo, the video of the person that I'm speaking to, I minimize it as much as I can, and I drag it all the way up to the top of my screen directly under my camera. This way, I am able to look at the person Okay, but it looks like I'm maintaining direct eye contact because their face is actually so close to my camera. Now, I was asked if it's better to look, you know, directly in the camera and not look at the person. This is really subjective. I mean, for myself, I find it a little bit uncomfortable because without looking at the person, I'm not able to build that, you know, connection and feel the other person. I get a little bit distracted by, you know, the green light of the camera. If for you, it's no problem. This is definitely not another solution. If not, you can try mine by minimizing the video. The next question I was asked was how to practice pronunciation, like what do you do for pronunciation? And this is actually followed up by another question was, is my accent and pronunciation okay? Now, I'm going to try not to talk too much in regards to this because it is a whole subject area on its own. But the first thing I want to say is, girls, stop stressing about your pronunciation. Now, I say this because I know the women here in our community are at a B2 upper intermediate level. Already at this level, we're working with a different type of English. So I say quite confidently, don't stress about your pronunciation. Pronunciation is something that does develop over time. The first thing that you want to be working on is in regards to your confidence, your fluency, your vocabulary, and your grammar, and then your pronunciation. So if you are here listening to this and you haven't really begun learning English yet, you're at the beginning of your journey, please don't start with pronunciation only because it could put a lot of stress and anxiety and you put yourself in the position where you're needing to compare yourself to others and in the beginning emotionally you may not be ready for that. Directly with the question in regards to how to practice pronunciation, I find that the best way is through listening. There are two stages of pronunciation. The first stage is listening, not to understand people. Remember, this is selective learning, but listening to hear pronunciation. You want to hear their intonation, the pitch, where the voice goes high, low, the letters they're stressing. You want to become obsessed with people's pronunciation. Once you're able to hear the difference between one person's pronunciation and another's, And even in regards to your own, that's where you can start practicing. And you can do this through reading out loud. You can do this through watching, you know, television or videos with the subtitles. And once you've heard a sentence, pause and then read back the subtitles, trying to mimic their voice. You can do this even while you're watching YouTube videos. And of course, if you like, you can do this with me as a teacher. Um, this is a particular exercise. Again, we do in the 10 minute habit. We have two days dedicated to pronunciation just because I know it is something that you girls are quite concerned about. Naturally, I was also quite concerned about my pronunciation when I began learning Italian. 
but please do know that it is something secondary and it is something that you can learn only once you can start to hear the difference. So it's two ways that you're learning. The next question was in regards, is my accent okay? And this is, it's very subjective. It does depend on, you know, what your given situation is. However, if you are finding yourself, you know, stressing whether you have a British accent or American accent or Australian accent, guys, this wouldn't be something that I would recommend you analyzing you naturally are going to have an accent, which will be from your mother tongue language. Just work on when speaking in English, speak slowly, open your mouth. You know that when, you know, English speakers do tend to really overpronounce words. And again, just speak slowly. If you're feeling really concerned about your accent, always seek advice maybe from a teacher. You can try out the 10-minute habit to get a little bit of a practice. But if you're concerned about your accent because you have an accent, this is something that is extremely normal and it's you will always have your accent and it's okay. Just work on speaking slowly and just trying to overpronounce words. Sometimes, you know, as a to compensate for this, I get students to pay particular attention to pronouncing the first letter of a word and the last letter of a word, which is, you know, overpronouncing, which can, can, can compensate also for your accent. So that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I had so much fun. I really enjoyed sitting here and chatting to you girls, and I hope that you enjoyed it too. Now, for those of you who are new to the Women in English community, just a reminder that you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram, join the Facebook group, subscribe to the YouTube channel, as well as head over to the Women in English website for any more information regarding courses, private lessons and pretty much what we do. Again, for those of you who are interested in joining the 10-minute habit, you can go ahead and try it out for free. All of the information, again, is over on the website. So ladies, have a fantastic week. Enjoy learning English. I really do hope that you're able to build a positive English routine encompassing the concept of quality over quantity. And I will see you or hear from you all next week. Bye-bye.